Nathan. Who's your daddy? <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't. Dan. Okay. So, have you ever heard of? You're the, my daddy. Ew. What, <laughs> <laughs> well, babe? I think we need to retake this. Have you ever heard of the fathers of our faith? Yeah, you mean like uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Theodore? No, those are the Mouseketeers? No. <laughs> it was one of the chipmunks. The chipmunks. <laughs> no, Abraham, Abraham. Isaac, Theodore. No, no, that's oh. not it at all. Oh. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are yes. often called like the fathers, the fathers of, our faith, of our faith. Right? That's right. Well, we're going to talk about them, and we're going to start with Abraham and how they, how, what the things that we can learn about parenting from them. It's great. Let's get into that. Before we jump into today's episode, we just wanted to share a few things with you. First, we'd like you to like this episode and then subscribe to our podcast. If you're doing that on YouTube, also hit the bell notification so that you know when we post anything new and then share this with somebody that you feel like would be this would be beneficial for. That's right. If you would like to support our show further, uh, we would welcome that. You are welcome to do that at anchor.fm slash marriage by design to check out your options for supporting the program financially. Otherwise, guys, the links to our social media are always in the description of every video. So feel free to check those out there. And now let's get to the show. Hey, everybody. I'm Nate Warnock. I'm Andrea Warnock. And you've reached us for Family Friday on the Marriage by Design podcast. This is a show that we do every Friday where we take a look at what the Bible says about the way that we raise our families, the way that we steward our children, and practically how we can do that better according to God's design. And if you're watching this on YouTube, we are not in an earthquake, but Nathan does shake his leg occasionally, like taps his leg again. Yep. And it makes the screen go up and down. It's an (laughs) 8.1. Okay. So we are going to spend a few weeks talking about (coughs) the fathers of our faith, which are not the chipmunks. It's in the Bible. Abraham, Abraham, Isaac, and Abraham. Abraham. No. Oh. That's not. Nope. Okay. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we're going to start with Abraham. You see him in Genesis. And it's, we can learn some pretty great parenting lessons from these guys. So we'll start with Abraham. So, Let's do it. Uh, we see Abraham starting in like Genesis 12-ish, somewhere around there. I should have looked exactly where. But anyway. Um, and he was called Abram to start with. So... Uh, he was a guy named Abram and there's some of his life that happened before where we're going to start. But in Genesis 15, we see him still being called Abram and he's this old guy, this guy who, yeah, keeps getting older and godly man. He is a, he is a godly man. Yep. And he's talking to the Lord and saying, uh, I'm in Genesis 15 too. Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus, who was his servant. Right. And Abram said, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. So the Lord came to him and said, "Um, this man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them. 
Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And it says, Abram believed the Lord and he credited it, credited, oh man, credited it to him as righteousness. So would you say Father Abraham (laughs) had many many sons? Yeah, back when we were young, had had Father Abraham. Abraham? So back when we were young, there was this I'm one of them. So are you. (laughs) That's Nathan's so quote. let's just praise the Lord. Right. There's... Right arm, left arm, right. <laughs> so it's oh. this cute little song that they probably don't sing anymore in Sunday school, but it's Father Abraham had many sons, many, many sons, sons had Father Abraham. Abraham. I am one of them, and, and so, so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, left arm, right foot, left foot. And it, would get, it was progressive. You know, you sing right? it over. It's one of these repetitive songs. You sing it over and over, and then you add a body part every time. I don't know why the body parts, just because probably you need to get some energy out. Uh, Abram probably had a right arm, left arm, right foot, left foot, <laughs> chin up, chin down, turn around, sit down. Sit down. Yes. See, so, yeah, you know it was a Sunday school song, too, because at the <laughs> end of down. the song, everyone's sitting. Like, ah. Oh, convenient now i can teach you more about the bible right, exactly it's great okay so, so abram was given this this promise from the lord that he will give him so many descendants that they are like the stars in the heavens right so um and abram believes him right even though he was getting old and his, and his wife was getting old so then fast forward a little bit what happens well, at some point, um, they Abram starts not believing the promise of the Lord, and he's he and his wife both are like, "There's just no way this can happen. We're old." Sarah's like, "I've I'm been barren. I think she's eighty some years old at this point. I've been barren for this long. There's no way that I'm going to have a child." And so they come, they devise a plan, and you're thinking of something. Well, I was just going to say, this is a super relatable part of Abram. This is one of those times where I, I challenge people to read the Bible, because sometimes we read the Bible and go, oh, Abraham, idiot, right? But how many of us have prayed for something? And what we said is, Lord, would you resolve this situation at that I'm dealing with at work? Would you resolve the situation I'm dealing with in my marriage or my family? But what we meant was, Lord, by the end of this prayer, will you resolve this situation in my work? Or in the way that by, I'm thinking. Right. <clears throat> and and when it doesn't happen that way, how tempted are we to start questioning everything about the Lord, about his goodness in our life, about his promises for us? And that's really where Abram gets is, okay, Lord, you said you were going to do this. It's not happening. It's not happening. It's not happening year after year after year. I'm sure he and Sarai were doing everything they needed to do to try and to, to make that situation happen. It's not happening. It's not happening. It's not happening. And I'm sure there was tense conversation between he and, and, and Sarai at the time about this whole situation. What did the Lord, I thought the Lord told you this. Well, yeah, the Lord told me this. Did you, are you sure you, Heard from the, why isn't this happening, Abram? Did you do something to make the right. Lord angry? What's going on here? So right. all that pressure cooks into this situation you're going to describe. So they devise this plan where, okay, Abram is going to sleep with his with Sarai's maidservant with with her servant, right. and they're going to have a child that way. So they've cooked up this plan. All right, we're going to have a kid, but it's going to be through, what was her name? 
Hagar. Yes. It's going to be through Hagar. So let's give some 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 background on how this worked because some people read this story. I don't story. know that we need to give this. Some background. some people read this and go, "Oh, he just gets to hook up with the servant." I don't think this is really necessary. That's no, important. So <laughs> this was a real thing at the time. So there was a whole process for this, where, uh, I mean, obviously there's not there's no in vitro clinic to just run to harvest some of Hagar's eggs and run on down there and put it into to uh, Sarah. You had to do it the old fashioned way. So. Uh, they would have sex, but when they did that, they did it in a positioning wise that Sarah was uh, involved, like in a way that made Hagar submissive to her. Uh, it, it, that sent this made it clear that this the product of this child is being born on behalf of the maid the the matron. Uh, just so I mean, just I, I like to give a little bit of background on that because one, it's interesting, and two, it shows a little bit the desperation that Abram and Sarah were at. Yeah. Right. I mean, I can't imagine the desperation you would have to get to to go here, have sex with this other woman so we can have a child, and but I can't imagine it, the yeah. desperation I would have to get to to go. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna have sex with another woman while my wife's there in the room. Like the whole thing just is is crazy. It is crazy, and it's it's the the pit of despair. They it were is. in full doubt of the Lord's promise right. in their life. Right. So Hagar become she gets pregnant. She has a son named Ishmael, and um, Sarai ends up becoming very angry with Hagar, and she actually treats her horribly um, because she's just she's she and you know. Go figure. This plan that she devised and worked out the way that they wanted to, it happens, and now she's like, "I hate this. Yeah, this no. isn't. This isn't. I, I. I'm so angry with Hagar, who didn't, who did exactly what you wanted, and and ended up bearing a son for you, and you just end up really just hating them yeah, and abusing that them. Preaches, right? And so, at some point, Sarai says to Abram you need to send Hagar away. And Abram loved his son Ishmael. Yeah. And, and so Sarah, Sarah says, I can't, I can't do this anymore with, with Hagar, send them away. And so Abram sends them away and that broke his heart, but it also was probably, I mean, if you send a woman and her child away, they're destitute. Right. And anyway, well, you're essentially sending them to die. Right. And, and, and even Hagar thought that. Right. And, and interestingly, God actually meets them, Hagar and Ishmael, and says, I'm, I, you know, I'll take care of you. And and that because you are Abrams, I will fulfill my promise. My promise to Abram through Ishmael. Right. And he will have many descendants like right. I, I will kind of add the blessing of what I meant for Abram and his, and his son with Sarai. And I will add that to Ishmael. Right. And we'll give the rest of that story at the end. Cause, cause this plan that they hatched has consequences that are being dealt with and felt even up to today. Right. So going back to Abram and Sarai, I don't remember when were their names changed. It was after, I don't remember either. It's probably before we've probably been. Yeah, we've probably been calling them the wrong names. 
Because I but think we'll it talk, to talk about them as Abraham and Sarah, or Abraham and Sarah. Sarah. So at some point, the Lord changed their names, and that's a fascinating oddly, story even, in and of itself. I don't even remember some, when some angels and potentially Jesus pre pre incarnate came and, and met with them. Right, and and I believe it was when he told them that they would have a. A yeah, son, because could, Sarah yes, laughs that could be. about it. Anyway, so, so it's, they, it's a whole interesting story. Read it, Genesis. So they end up kind of going through this weird phase of their t- of their lives where they seem to really just have very little trust in the Lord because of that, what they did with having Ishmael, but also because they were traveling and Abraham became scared that somebody was going to, that a king was going to steal his wife. So he actually gave Sarah to Egyptians. Oh, yeah. Yes to them and it's very odd and it just sho- it just shows that abraham really lacked a lot of trust in the lord right and in the lord's promises and all that sort of thing it ends up he gets his wife back and um then there are some visitors that they're that abraham that abraham and sarah are taking care of entertaining and the lord come well yeah through one of one of the visitors says on like on behalf of the lord abram your wife will bear a son right and sarah hears that and she laughs and i assume she laughs because she thinks it's not true because she was kind of chastised for that yeah she was chastised for it right and and i'm sure it wasn't a laugh like like that seems funny i'm i think it was a position like how ridiculous is that right but she comments that she's, you know, been, she's 80 some years old, however long. I think it's been 10 years since God gave that original right. promise. 10 years. And their faith has waned during that 10 years. You know, it seems right. like, okay, God gave this promise. There's no way. I mean, even back then, it seemed like, how could that happen? I'm 10 years older now, and I've never had a child, and there's just no way. And so she laughs, but, but God does give them a son and he gives them Isaac. So pretty amazing that this old woman, I mean, what would it be like parenting for the first time in your eighties? I don't, I can't even imagine. I mean, I have to assume that aging was just different. I know, but even so she's laughing about the fact that like, whoa, my fertile days are long gone. Right. You know? Right. So yeah, aging had to have been different because they lived well into their hundred, the, you know, well past sure. one hundred. Yeah, sure. But still, she was she was saying like, "Whoa, that's that's those fertile days are long gone." Right. Yeah. Uh, it's so it, I it can't imagine parenting for the first time in your eighties, eighties and nineties. So they have a son named Isaac, and we know Abraham falls head over heels in love with him. Yes, they. Yes, and um. So God fulfilled his fulfilled his promise, but not in Abraham and, and Sarah's time frame or what they thought exactly could right. be that should be the time frame or sh- could be even reasonable physically. Right. And then there's this crisis of faith that happens. So we've seen Abraham trusted the Lord with his promise. Then there was this waning of faith where some really crazy things happened in their life. And now they've come to a point where Isaac is about 20 years old and um, the Lord has asked Abraham to give a sacrifice. Um, Sorry, it's getting hot in here. 
She just turned off the heater. Yes. For those who are not watching. Oh, yeah. Sorry. The Lord has asked Abraham to give a sacrifice and has required that it be Isaac. Right. Now, remember, Isaac is the fulfillment of the Lord's promise that all of Abraham's descendants will be like the number of stars. Right. So he has this promise. He has Isaac to fulfill that. And God is asking, hey, take your only son and offer him to me as a sacrifice. Think of that. So there was this process where Abraham and and Isaac had to um, hike uh, up a mountain. And the altar was on top of this mountain. And so this whole way, Abraham is knowing my only son here that God has given me through miraculous circumstances and is the only way that I'm going to have descendants. We are coming, we are going up so I can sacrifice him. And Isaac is 20. He knows what's going on here. He, right. Oftentimes we talk about this story, like thinking that he's a little boy. Like yeah. There's a, there's a lot of art. I mean, Renaissance art and medieval art that depict this, that show Isaac as like, a little boy sitting on his dad's shoulders. Or yeah. that, that was that's those are not right. biblically supported. Isaac knew we're nice. going up to offer the Lord a sacrifice. Maybe he even knew that God had asked it to be him. I don't know. But well, he, he knows. didn't because he asks Abraham at one point we don't have anything to sacrifice. Well, yeah. I mean the, but that's what I'm saying. He may have known. Oh, yeah. He, he's 20. He probably figured it out so, at some point going up. So there's they're not taking anything with them, you know, an animal with them to sacrifice. And and sacrifices had to be made. They were, it was very specific and it had to be a, um unblemished animal. Right. Now, that that those those. Yes, that's right. Those specific requirements will come later, but the point is they reflect the heart of the Lord. So the sacrifices that Abraham was making were those those exact same things. So it's not like, oh, we're going to hike up the mountain and see a squirrel and that's going to be it, our sacrifice. That's exactly that's, right. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, my, that my would point is it's not going to be like, yeah, we're going to find it along the way. Sort that's of right. Thing, you know? Yeah, that's, that's well, so, well taken. So um, anyway, they get to the altar and... Isaac is put on the altar. And again, you guys, he's 20-ish. He could overtake his old man. Probably. That means Abraham's 100 100 to 110. So he had to be willingly getting on this altar. And Abraham had to be, of course, willingly putting him there as well. Right. And and doing all the things that he had to do. Right. And uh, so then Abraham is holding the knife to kill Isaac. And the Lord stops him and says... You know, I, I have a, I've supplied the sacrifice for you. I basically, I wanted to test your faith right? and don't kill Isaac. And he ha- the Lord had, um, a ram right. in the thicket, in the bushes for Abraham to sacrifice. And, right. the, and the Lord just, you know, in his mercy gave that. And it, it ends up really being a picture of being a a a, uh, picture of what was to come with jesus being god's only son needing to be sacrificed um and he is the substitutionary atonement for our for our sins Mm -hmm. so all that to say um you know i think there's so much that we can learn as parents from this first is we see isaac or we see abraham having 
faith, great faith in, yes, I believe that you're going to fulfill this promise. And then, and then this period of time where something has happened, probably because the Lord's, he didn't, the Lord didn't fulfill the promise like Abraham thought. And so then he probably starts questioning everything Mm. and starts taking things into his own hands and making huge mistakes with that. And how many times as parents do we think the Lord is not working in my life? And so now I'm, now everything is in question when it's not that the Lord's not working in your life. It's that you're not, he's maybe not working the way you think he should. Yeah. Or he's trying to teach you something that you're not willing to be taught in that moment. So the lesson keeps coming back to you to go over again and again and again. And we, and I'm not saying you, I, I keep failing that, that test or that lesson. Right. And the Lord's like, no, this is something that you need to, you need to get, you need to learn. And this is take, so this is maybe taking longer than it should because there's stuff I have for you to learn in this. And, and so we see, yeah. So we see Abraham, great faith. And then both he and his wife really struggle in their faith. And how many times have we had that too? And, um, you know, the great thing in a relationship is sometimes one of you is struggling and the other one can really lift you up in your right. faith. Yeah. But the, but the temptation is to really take, take your spouse down with you mm. um, when you're struggling in your, in your faith. And you can see that with Abraham and Sarah, that they, they were both struggling with God's promise. And rather than one of them saying, no, he's faithful. He is good. Regardless of the circumstances, I know he's going to fulfill this. Mm they both were instead falling into doubt together and then made, made the huge mistake of, of Abraham trying to fulfill God's promise in his own strength. Really amazing. The turnaround though, after they had Isaac to after they had ha- Ishmael have, no, I mean after, after they have Isaac oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, on how, cause it's, it's pretty clear that they raise Isaac to fear the Lord and to trust in him. I mean, if nothing else, we see that from the fact that exactly. Abraham comes to Isaac and says, Hey, I've heard from the Lord. When you go up on this mountain, this is what I'm going to do. Whether he told him explicitly early on or whether he just figured it out over time, he was, I mean, Isaac was as willing to go through it to the end as Abraham was. Yeah. I mean, he's laying there. The knife is right. Abraham's holding the knife right? and Abraham or, and Isaac obviously knows what's going on. So yeah, Abraham and Sarah had to have then really pivoted and come to a point of great faith that they did such an amazing job in raising Isaac to have the same faith. Right. That the Lord is going to do something miraculous here because he will fulfill his promise. I think that's the question, right, that we have for the folks listening to this is how how are we being intentional in our own families? about raising our children with that kind of dynamic faith. Yep. And, and it makes me wonder, and I, I guess I, at least I don't, I can't think of any scripture where we get an answer to this, but it makes me wonder if Sarah and Abraham didn't share with Isaac, like, Hey, we didn't trust the Lord. We did this thing that was displeasing to him. And now you have a brother out there mm-hmm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, it could have been, it could have been, but, Regardless, they, yeah, they really turn things around. And 
the Lord is so gracious to us that when we, you know, you, you see these huge errors that Sarah and Abraham made, but yet the Lord forgives and the Lord redeems. Right. And he even in Hebrews in the, what we call like the hall of faith lists Abraham as one of the greatest. Right. Um, and, and fulfills that promise to him. And, and there's so many examples in the Bible of people who the Lord lifts up as people with great, amazing faith and lives, but yet have huge sin problems right. at some point in their life. Right. Um, like and so many of us. Right. And that's what, that's what's so encouraging to me is that we're, I'm a work in progress every day. Right. And it's not my desire to have huge sin issues that the Lord needs to deal with or, or huge stumbling blocks that take my life off track or whatever. But, but I know that in my life and Nathan's and in the, in my kids' lives that he's gracious and he's, Mm. he's always, he's forgiving and he extends mercy and, um, that, that, that isn't the, our sin is not the end of the book mm. for him, you know, even great sin or great t- times of greatly getting off of the path that he has called us to be on isn't the end of our story with the Lord. Yeah. And, and we can see that in Abraham's life. Right. And so it's encouragement to us as parents, but it's also encouragement to us as we see our kids. Right. And particularly as they grow older and are making bigger decisions and decisions that just may break your heart and the heart of the Lord too, that that's not the end of the story. And it doesn't have to be, um, it doesn't have to be the path that they ultimately choose, you know? There, there can be great redemption for that too. So, that's great, babe. That's really my good. thought on that. Did you want to give some Ishmael? Uh, well, so fun facts. This is this is one of those lessons we should be taking away from that Abraham and Sarah situation. Is sometimes the problem when we go on our own and try and quote help God fulfill <laughs> the promises He has in our lives, which is really what Abraham and and Sarah I think thought they were doing. Like I think mm-hmm. that I think the thought popped into their head. Well, maybe what God meant was mm-hmm. He would deliver us a son through Hagar, right? Which which is not trusting in the words of what God of had told them. But you can understand how when you get desperate, you start to sort of reach See things a little through bit, cloudy right? glasses. That's right. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and yet what they ended up doing was birthing Ishmael an innocent man, right? A child, a, a, a man that bears the image of God. Right. <clears throat> but if you trace back the lineage of Islam, the world religion, Islam, they trace their lineage back through Ishmael to Abraham. So, uh, actually Judaism, Christianity, and uh, Islam all trace their lineage back through Abraham. The difference between Judaism and and, and Christianity and uh, Islam is that Islam teaches that Ishmael was the chosen son of Abraham and not Isaac. Mm-hmm. 
and Judaism and Christianity teaches what the Bible says, which is that Isaac was the chosen child through Abraham. But my point is, all the strife between Muslims and Jews all throughout history and up to and continuing even today over in Israel is a direct result of Abraham and Sarah choosing to try and solve this problem on their own. Yeah, and it has a, a, a long-term uh, consequence that we can see being lived out even today. It's fascinating. Yeah. Shocking. Yep. Yep. Thanks, babe. Yeah. Yeah, good. So, great. so we're studying Isaac and, and Theodore as well the next oh couple gosh. of weeks. Isaac and Jacob the next two weeks. Yep. Brilliant. All right. Yeah, thanks. Close us out then. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at marriagebydesignpodcast at gmail.com or comment on any of the social medias. We'll get back to you. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week. And remember, God is for your family. Ha, 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 ha,